Hello and welcome to today's episode of Platinum Talks Wealth. Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell changed gears in her television career when she realized the need to help women make sense of investing. She regularly hosts educational workshops to empower women and others to take charge of their financial future. Now, join your host, Platinum Wealth Management President Jennifer Rogers Markwell as she leads us into the world of money memories, money infidelities, and how these can mold our relationships relationship with our personal finances as adults. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, this is Jennifer Rogers Markwell, and you're joining us on today's Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. Today, we're joined by Kirsten Tradeshock, and she has quite the resume behind her. So Kirsten, Kirsten, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am a licensed clinical professional counselor, as well as a certified clinical trauma professional level two. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us. You and I chatted about this before and, and talking through, you know, money memories and the psychology behind those. And it's very, it, it's not surfacy, right? It's very deep rooted. I'd love you to, to expand on that. Yeah. So when we're thinking about, I mean, really any memories and, you know, um, how we relate to that, anything that's happened in our past or how we're functioning today and how that's related to um, our upbringing, our childhood, or, um, you know, any part of our life, um, it's important to understand like how different interactions may have affected us, how different traumatic experiences Um, because we essentially function and um, progress from all of those life experiences. So when we're thinking about money, money is such a huge thing in our lives. Um, It's something that motivates us. It's something that can also um, be really uncomfortable for us to think about, talk about, um, and decide how we utilize in our lives. Um, so thinking about the psychology of money, um, we can, you know, think about like how money was perceived when we were children, how were our parents responding to their finances, um, you know, and how did that affect our development? Um, what, what behaviors did they model for us? Um, then, you know, that affects in the future, our own, um, our own comfortability with like how we're spending money, how our finances look, how we're handling that. Um, so if we have a very anxious um, family that is really worried about money all the time, even if they're secure in their finances, um, but they just are, you know, always very worried or concerned about this, um, we tend to bring that over into our own lives as well and tend to be a lot more anxious and worried as well. Um, So just thinking about like how your life has or how your behavior with things have shifted because of the memories that you have, you know, from other parts in your life. And the, the interesting thing is that, you know, we do shift and change throughout the stages of our life. So different stages can, uh, we can adjust like our attachment styles and other ways that we function through the different relationships that we have had. So even though, you know, one way that we grew up with money might not be the way that we behave, that's because other things in our life might have developed and shifted how we um, have then associated ourselves with our finances. It's interesting just, you know, talking with clients and and people doing what I do, right? I've heard so many different stories and a lot of them that I've experienced with, with folks have been like, Hey, my, you know, 
I grew up in a blue collar, hardworking Midwestern family, just trying to get food on the table was really, really hard. And then these folks evolve and they're extremely successful in what they're doing as an adult now, but their mindset goes back to that moment of like almost a scarcity moment, right? Can I afford this? Is this going to affect me getting food on the table or even having a roof, a safe roof over my head? It's, it's definitely deep rooted. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's transgenerational as well. So, you know, um, I like to think about if you had um, great grandparents or grandparents that went through the um, Great Depression. Mm -hmm. um, And like you said, they may have since then grown and been hugely successful, but you'll still see the mannerisms um, such as like, I know my grandparents who did um, grow up during the Great Depression, um, they were very successful later on in their life, um, but they would do little things um, that would help, you know, that would make you realize that that mindset was still very much there. So for instance, um, they would always, always take home their leftovers, like no matter what, and make sure that they ate every single bite of those leftovers, you know, just little things to um, make sure they were being heavily responsible because even though, you know, they knew that they were successful and wealthy, but those mannerisms just keep following through. Um, I, I chuckle when you say that because like I was raised by my grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. My grandparents, same, same kind of mindset there. You don't waste food ever, right? Because mm-hmm. it took a lot to get food on the table. And then my grandparents had, which I, I'm sure you've heard stories too, like they would like just save cans, cans of corn, cans of beans, cans of everything, cans, 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 right? And I, I remember a moment with my grandparents of like helping them kind of clean up and they had cans that were like 10 years old. And I said, you know what? Like these have got to go. Like I get the, I get saving cans, but cans that are 10 years old, those, those are bad now. And like, let's, let's replenish these cans. So you still have them. But I, I never, I think as an adult, well, I was younger then, but as an adult, now I look back on that and I'm like, that's because for them, it was a big deal to even have food at all. Right. Uh, big deal. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, you know, time periods, generational um, uh, situations really play a factor into that. Also, you know, culture um, also plays a huge role in that as well. So if, you know, you're part of a certain group that might be more about preparedness um, and making sure that things are more secure, um, that's definitely going to be passed along as well. Yeah, yeah. I find it fascinating. And I feel like there's so many unique stories that each person has that mold them truly as they see money today in their relationship with money. Um, one thing too, that I find fascinating is, is money infidelities, right? Like we've heard of them. We've, you know, maybe had them in our own lives. We've shared them. We've learned from them. Hopefully what are, what are some nuances or or memorable things that you've heard or, or seen just from your career path? Yeah. So to talk about, like, when I think of money infidelities, I think about um, infidelities when it comes to um, being in a relationship, mostly because I think about, um, you know, when I'm doing my work, I think about things like attachment styles, um, the four different attachment styles and how that plays into um, how people respond in their relationships. Um, so if you have somebody that had a more um, avoidant uh, attachment style. So they're going to be a little bit more independent, um, more um, doing things on their own. The way that they handle their money is going to be very much um, like keeping it to themselves, maybe not really so willing to um, open up to their partner about like what they're spending money on or, you know, what their finances look like. Um, they also 
can tend to be a little bit more irresponsible because that avoidance style, they're less um, emotional. So they're more like detached. Um, and so um, they might actually utilize money as being that filling, fulfilling that emotional void. Mm -hmm. So if you think of somebody in that relationship, um, a way that a money infidelity might come up is they might spend money on, you know, a, have a big purchase or um, have a whole separate account that their partner isn't even aware of. Um, and it can be, you know, something little to just like little things that they buy themselves for themselves that, you know, they specifically hide. Um, even though it might seem insignificant, it's just really important to them that they keep that separate. Or it could be as big as like they have a whole separate, um, you know, like account that they're spending frivolously on. And um, it can even be, you know, another person or like a relationship outside of their um, outside of their other relationship. Um, so there's definitely a lot of different ways that that can come up. Um, there's, you know, and, and part of that too, is just that fear of, um, involving somebody else in their life. And so it's this disconnect of like, they've had an experience throughout their life that has, um, shown them that they're not safe, um, you know, maybe giving that part of themselves to somebody else. And so they go overboard and instead of correcting it, they hide things away from their partner. So that's one thing that comes to mind with money and fidelity. Fascinating. Fascinating. I mean, you hear of folks that have additional families, additional kids, um, yes. win sizable amounts of money. The, the spouse or partner has no idea. I, I find that that's just such an interesting uh, topic across the board. And I think that when we hear these stories too, because I think everybody hears them, right? You hear it from a crazy aunt or uncle or, you know, in your own backyard, even I, I feel like those are so many things that we can learn from and, you know, do better. And again, it's a vulnerability like you had shared. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, everybody's going to have sort of that um, weirdness with their partner with money, because money is like probably one of the number one thing that creates um, dysfunction in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it can be something little like, um, for instance, I know somebody who will um, ask somebody to go over their house to um, pick up all the boxes when they're out of town and put them um, hide them away somewhere else in the house, just so that the first thing that their partner doesn't, you know, sees, or so that it's not the first thing that their partner sees when they come home is all these boxes. And it's not that, you know, it's like hiding that they're spending the money. It's just like trying to avoid um, maybe a conflict or an argument or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that are little things that we do to try to navigate our relationships and make them maybe a little bit more palatable. Um, so the big difference is when that, you know, really um, intense secrecy comes in. Like, is this something that if your um, partner found out, like this would be a really, really huge um, uh, you know, um, interruption in your in your relationship. Um, so that's, you know, it's that fine line between like the dishonesty or the like little things that we do that wouldn't be necessarily like dishonest, but they're just navigating the relationship versus when are we going over that line of like, we're really hiding a part of ourselves or a part of our life. Um, one of the key things in couples and family therapy that we always talk about is um, the therapist is not the secret keeper. And there's a really, really key reason for that, which is that we cannot have um, proper communication or connection if there are these secrets. So it's really important that, you know, these kinds of things are discussed, but money is one of the biggest things that um, we might avoid because it's uncomfortable and scary and we don't like 
you know, like focusing on it. Yeah, no, it's fantastic insight for sure. So as we kind of wrap things up, what are tips or tricks that you utilize to save money? Everybody has their own kind of, you know, secret things that they do or not necessarily secret, but things that they, you know, hold close to their hearts to, you know, save money in their own households. What, what are some of the ones that you do? Um, I mean, just, you know, I think if I was going to say the, what, you know, my brain wants to say is the right answer. I would say, oh, I budget out and I take this certain amount of money (laughs) do it very responsibly. Um, that's not always true. Um, but what I do is I try to make sure that I am noticing like how much is going into my savings and try to, you know, not ever touch my savings as much as possible. Um, and then I will, um, so I will just be aware of like where I'm shopping sometimes, um, especially like now with the inflation and realizing how expensive it is to just go to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, if I'm noticing that my um, uh, account is dwindling a little bit, I might, you know, not go to one of the more high-end grocery stores. I might go to like Winco or something um, where I can get the same items. Um, so just noticing how, um, oh, another thing too is, I always like use my credit card points where I can. Um, so I'll build those up. And then I love being able to use those on like different purchases that, you know, my Chase account gives me the um, deals on. Um, so making sure that I'm really utilizing any of those um, times, um, paying attention to things like um, Amazon Prime Days. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it greatly. And As always, thanks for everyone for spending some time with us today. And hopefully you'll join us again for our next Platinum Talks Wealth Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Platinum Talks Wealth, please subscribe and share. For more information about Jennifer Rogers Markwell or Platinum Wealth Management, please visit www.platinumwealth.net. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Platinum Wealth Management.